Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Billboard's Senior Director of Charts. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. How's it going, Katie? Not too bad. How about you, Keith? I'm all right. Um, I'm all right. We missed you at, at Billboard Women in Music last week. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I should should we get into that now? Like, I want to hear all the lurid details. That might take more than like 10 seconds. Why don't we go ahead and do the intro and then we'll, we'll circle back. OK, we'll circle back. Uh, because as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, Glass Animals' Heat Waves finally hits number one on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, completing a record climb to the top. The band's long-running smash reaches number one in its 59th week on the list, after previously conquering the Hot Rock and Alternative Songs chart, the Alternative Airplay chart, the Pop Airplay chart, and the adult pop airplay chart. And the Encanto soundtrack tops the Billboard 200 yet again for an eighth total week, while Kodak Black, Tears for Fears, and Avril Lavigne all make high debuts. Also on the show, this year marks the 20th anniversary of both American Idol and the arrival of the first Idol winner, of course, Kelly Clarkson. We're taking a look back at her incredible two decades in the business, her start on Idol, her achievements on the Billboard charts, and what might be next for the superstar. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. All right. Um, first, I'm going to say that I am recording this week's show next to a radiator that makes <laughs> sounds so i hear a hissing you may not but i'm so anal where i'm like i just want to tell this okay, i always love your audio warnings <laughs> katie never does them even though she's the one that tends to have more audio issues on her end because, because of i'm airplanes the least, over her head the least sensitive i guess about it is probably the answer to that but anyway well, let's circle anyway, back let's circle let's back circle to back. the women in music <laughs> Um, so the Women in Music event was last week where um, Billboard honored a gaggle of amazing uh, f uh, women uh, musicians and stars, including our Woman of the Year, Olivia Rodrigo. Katie, you were at the event. Yes. How was it? Uh, it was absolutely incredible. It's always just 
it's always an inspiring emotional event every year just every year something gets me um and i mean this year the biggest goosebump moment for me was bonnie Raitt performing with jackson brown well unannounced and they did angel from montgomery the john prine song and you know i have to say like older jackson brown kind of sounded like john prine on the song like it was really lovely and just beautiful harmonies and wonderful guitar playing and just an absolute surprise and amazing moment and it was the bonnie actually was the only uh standing ovations of the night were for bonnie Raitt, both when she uh accepted her icon award and when she uh finished that performance with jackson let's get bonnie on the show let's get oh bonnie my god Raitt on please. the podcast i'd love to talk to her she's no nonsense she just she's just all talent man like it's her that voice is just unbelievable and it just carries and it's crystal clear and she, by the way she looks exactly the same I like i mean i remember her from like something to talk about days in the early 90s and she's just this tiny little red-headed spitfire still like 30 years later what so uh, before we dive into basically an entire episode dedicated to bonnie Raitt, um, <laughs> the first time i became aware of bonnie Raitt, i think might have been from the urban cowboy soundtrack oh wow so is that Wait, early 80s hell yeah i think it was like 1980 okay. um, and i think she has a song she might have i think she has might have two songs on there but i remember i think it was like do you like do you want to dance um I, but I mean, I remember she was on the Urban Cowboy soundtrack, and I think that that is when, as a wee small child, I became aware of Bonnie Raitt existing. And then I think I probably, like most people, kind of fell out of touch with Bonnie until Nick of Time came along. So and all then, of a sudden then, she had this yeah. crazy late career resurgence, or not even resurgence, like kind of surge in general. Surge. And when Jackson was introducing her um, for the award, he said like that they started their careers together. And that was hard for me to believe because the timelines I have for them are so different. I think of Jackson Brown as 70s. I, the, the big radio hits he had, you know, running on empty were, that was 70s. And then, of course, Bonnie to me is is actually not even Nick of Time, but the next album with something to talk right. about on it. And um, draw, and that's right, early think, yeah. 90s. Yeah. Luck of the draw. And so it's it's wild. You don't often see that kind of career trajectory, uh, especially for a woman, uh, you know, Absolutely. having like her hits come, you know, when she's in her 40s. I mean, but the, she's a special woman, though, like she's a different different kind of artist so um absolutely 100 percent embodies the word icon and love that we gave that to her she just deserves all the all the flowers so anyway bonnie i could talk about bonnie all day but of course olivia rodrigo had an incredible performance from sofi stadium cheryl crow actually presented her with the award for woman of the year cheryl crow was sitting at the same table as i was keith I got to Shut sit up. at a t the table with Did Cheryl. Did you say you've been on a I podcast? say in whispers. So she sat down like, and I had already been sat, so I didn't get to interact with her because she's on the other side of the table. I just was so happy to be like in her orbit for the night, <laughs> just in general. So yeah, it was very cool. But yes, I should have said I've interviewed you before via phone, but it was the first time I'd seen her in person. So yeah, friend, it was it was a great the podcast, Cheryl Crow. Indeed, indeed. So. Again, we miss Keith, but it was a pretty spectacular night. Um, I believe you can replay the Twitter broadcast um, if you missed it last week. So please revisit that. Man, talk about, I mean, just. I mean, obviously having all of the honorees there and every honoree performed. Yeah, that that was a first. And on top of that, 
you've ha- you had presenters that effectively are like multi award winners and you know people that we could be honoring at the same event frankly 100 percent. but on the other end of that spectrum there were two women who were uh presented by their moms which was also really nice for like what the event is about sweetie and phoebe bridgers were both presented by their mothers um and it was hilarious uh lindsay our coworker lindsay was backstage and so she talked to phoebe's mom after she presented her and she had a really like touching speech and, uh, you know, Lindsay's like, how'd you think you did? And she's like, well, I was thinking I did really great. But then Sweetie's mom came out and I realized I wasn't the hottest mom here, <laughs> 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 which is hilarious. But um, uh, if you don't know, Sweetie's mom was like a model and like in like music videos back in the 90s. Like she is beautiful and continues to be beautiful in the year 2022. Wow. Now yeah. I need to now I need to go Google Sweetie's mom. And Please see Google Sweetie's mom. Yes. I know there's a Nelly video. I don't know what else. But yeah. So she was like a video profile. vixen in the 90s she, or something. Yeah, I guess I guess early 2000s, too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's yep. crazy. It's kind of amazing, actually. I have learned so much today, Katie. Oh, great. Already. I love it. <laughs> um. Well, uh, maybe 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 this, you know, I mean, because the women in music event used to be traditionally it was held kind of at the end of the year this is the first time it's been at this time of the year in in a long time or at some other time that wasn't like early december late november maybe this is a sign maybe this is a a really great time of year to do this event i don't know i will tell you it was also really lovely to have um an audience it was the first time we sold tickets to the public for this event and it the the energy was like really electric and the crowd definitely had some favorites they lost their minds for carol g so there's clearly a huge contingent of carol g fans in the house and doja cat also like they like the the volume like you couldn't hear them accepting their awards like i'm gonna have to go back and watch the twitter broadcast to hear what carol was saying because her fans were so so loud and so energetic yeah but it was it made it so much more fun because the artists clearly fed off of it too wow well that's amazing and it's nice to have a live events live billboard events back and yeah full force yes 100 percent. all right well let us do the chart chat first up Glass Animals, long-running smash single Heat Waves finally reaches number one on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart. Climbs two to one in its 59th week on the list. And that is the most charting weeks it has ever taken a song to get to number one. Wow, is that right? That is a big deal. I mean, yeah. I can't believe it made it. It did it. It's 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 nuts. Uh, the, the previous record for the most weeks on the chart before hitting number one was actually, I think it was in, in Mariah Carey's All I Want For Christmas Is You hit number one in its 35th chart week, but that has a big asterisk by it because it that song comes and goes from the chart every year. So, you know, it's not a consecutive And it didn't run. chart originally when it right. first came, was released, etc. It's very complicated. Yeah. Um, and also, as we'll get to in a second, Heat Waves is not a complete consecutive 59-week run on the chart either. Um all that said, he waves pushes We Don't Talk About Bruno from Encanto down to number two after five weeks at number one. Heat waves previously hit number one on Billboard's Hot Rock and Alternative Songs chart, Alternative Airplay chart, Adult Pop Airplay chart, and Pop Airplay chart. Heat waves made its Billboard chart debut almost two years ago on the July 18th, 2020 dated Hot Rock and Alternative Songs 
Tally. After initially finding success at Alternative Radio and reaching number one on the Alternative Airplay chart in March of 2021, the song crossed over to pop-formatted radio stations and hit number one on the Pop Airplay chart in January of this year and on the Adult Pop Airplay chart in February. Heat Waves is the first number one on the Hot 100 for the British rock band, which comprises Dave Bailey, Joe Seward, Ed Irwin Singer, and Drew McFarlane. Some interesting fun facts for you, Katie, about Heat Waves hitting number one. Have Hit I me. got a few for you? So 59 chart weeks to number one. As I already said, that's the most weeks on the chart to number one, surpassing the 35 chart weeks of Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, when it reached number one for the first time in 2019. Heat Waves debuted at number 100 on hmm. the Hot 100 dated January 16th, 2021, fell off the chart for two weeks, and then re-entered on the February 6th, 2021 chart, where it's remained ever since. It's only the 11th song to debut at number 100 and eventually hit number one. Oh, that's a fun fact. I'm seeing a Billboard.com gallery, Keith. (laughs) Really? You think it's that interesting? Number 100 to number one and 11 songs, the perfect amount for a list also. All right. Well, uh, so it's only the 11th song to debut at number 100 and eventually hit number one. The last to do so was Wiz Khalifa's See You Again, featuring Charlie Puth, friend of the podcast, Charlie Puth, which bowed at number 100 on the March 28th, 2015 chart and hit number one four weeks later. Oddly enough, Khalifa's two number ones on the Hot 100, See You Again and Black and Yellow, both debuted at number 100. Black and Yellow debuted at number 100 on the October 2nd, 2010 chart, fell off the chart for three weeks, re-entered, and climbed to number one in the following February. That's weird. Now it gets weirder. Further, Heat (laughs) Heat Waves and Black and Yellow are the only two songs to debut at number 100, fall off the chart, re-enter, and then eventually hit number one. Man. At least I thought it was kind of interesting. This no, is like, you know, the the Wiz Khalifa stat is bizarre. That both of his number ones both debuted at number one hundred. Yeah, yeah, that is odd. We'll see if he ever gets another number one, and we'll have to track it and see if it once again hit number one hundred. Yeah, we'll have to. <laughs> and just also see- to debut, not just like be at number one hundred, but to debut there. It's really right. bizarre. It is bizarre. Usually, usually if it's a hot song, you're going to debut higher, especially with the way the charts work nowadays. So it's just an interesting turn of events that you could possibly debut at 100 and eventually have enough momentum to get to number one. And it has to be a really quirky set of circumstances for it to even happen that way. Yes. Um, Next up, over on the Billboard 200 albums chart, the Encanto soundtrack scores an eighth non-consecutive week at number one. Meanwhile, Kodak Black notches his fourth top 10 as Back for Everything debuts at number two. Tears for Fears, meanwhile, returns with The Tipping Point, the duo's first new studio album in nearly 18 years. The new album debuts at number eight. It's the first ever debut in the top 10 for Tears for Fears and the first top 10 
for the act since 1989's The Seeds of Love, which peaked Sowing at number eight. Sowing the seeds, seeds of, of love. love. <laughs> Sowing the seeds. <laughs> I love this for them. Tears for Fears are great. Uh, Keith, I just mentioned Tears for Fears to you recently because there was like the most subtle reference to their song Head Over Heels in the Super Bowl halftime show. Mary J. Blige, they tucked... A, a little bit of the intro, the instrumental intro of that song, which I'm obsessed with, and I, I'm obsessed with, and I did not notice this until Tears for Fears Twitter account pointed it out, but you can hear the instrumental intro in the production of Mary J. Blige's No More Drama during halftime. Totally crazy. And they, they pointed it out on Twitter, and that's the only reason I saw it. I certainly didn't notice it until you pointed out to me. I know. And then I had to make you like listen again. <laughs> no, Tears for Fears like, are clearly having it. a moment. They're having a moment. I like it. They are. Actually, Katie and I have seen Tears for Fears. Did We saw them at iHeart. At iHeart, yeah, in Vegas. In the Vegas. iHeart um, uh, music festival. Yeah, they, uh, they always have the most fun, like, legacy acts that play at the iHeart Festival, or just acts that still are doing really well on radio, and of course, Tears for Fears has so many classic songs that get played on radio all the time, um, and it was so cool to see them live. They did everything you wanted them to play, too, like, all the big songs. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I'm sure they did Shout. I'm sure they did Everybody Wants to Rule the World. I, they did Mad World. Yep. Um, they did Sowing the Seeds of Love. I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, and Mad World has had such a resurgence because of the, what's that guy's name, Gary Jewell? His cover? Yeah, well, in Donnie Darko. And yeah, then, from Donnie Darko. And then a huge number of people became familiar with the song existing thanks to Adam Lambert on American yep. Idol when he channeled Gary Jules's version, basically. Um, and funny enough, we're talking about Idol. Oh, hey, would you look at that? But we don't we have one more chart we stat have one more before chart we thing. do that? One more chart thing, but we'll get to Idol in just a second. Um, lastly, Avril Lavigne's new album, Love Sucks, doesn't suck because the album debuts at number nine. It's her seventh charting album overall on the Billboard 200, and all seven have reached the top 20. Congratulations to everybody that hit the charts this week. I love that Avril's back, too. I think it's super fun. I so love that like, it's Swift. like pop. Taylor Swift pop. loves it, too. <laughs> it's well, it makes sense. Pop punk is having a moment. Why not bring the princess of pop punk right on back? I love you it. Know, you know of what I speak of, right? How Taylor sent her like a, a, a note or something congratulating her on the on, no. on her album. No. Yeah. yeah, I Taylor. I love when she does cute stuff like that. Yeah. Taylor's got her florist on speed dial ready to send a sweet package to everyone, everyone she loves. All right, so speaking of American Idol, the latest season of Idol premiered on February 27th on ABC, and 2022 marks the 20th anniversary of the long-running competition show. And I, man, those early seasons I watched, like, religiously. Um, So we thought we would take the opportunity to look back on the original American Idol, Kelly Clarkson, and how the superstar is now two decades into her amazing career and what might be next for the pop diva. It's honestly like kind of implausible to think that it's been 20 years since we not only got idol, but also like met Kelly because it feels like she's been around forever. And it feels like she, it almost feels like she had a very organic, you know, like story of how she came to be, but like it all happened on television. I guess it organically happened on television. (laughs) 
It all started with Kelly's Idol Coronation song, A Moment Like This, which hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 dated October 5th, 2002, which was her first of 30 eventual hits on the Hot 100 so far. Among them are 11 top 10s and three number ones. She also topped the chart with My Life Would Suck Without You. A lot of sucking on the chart today. And Stronger, parenthetical title, What Doesn't Kill You. She got her first number one album on the Billboard 200 in 2003 with her debut effort, Thankful, and has hit number one two more times, most recently in 2015 with Piece by Piece. She released her most recent album, When Christmas Comes Around, just last year. She's also won three Grammys among 15 nominations. And while we got to know Kelly as an incredible singer for all these years, the public has also clearly embraced the personality and charisma of Kelly so much so that she launched her own talk show, The Kelly Clarkson Show, in 2019 in syndication. And the show, which is produced and distributed by NBC Universal, has won multiple Daytime Emmy Awards, including Outstanding Talk Show Entertainment in 2021. Clarkson herself has won the Daytime Emmy for Outstanding Talk Show Host Entertainment for the past two years. And this fall, the NBC-owned TV, on NBC-owned TV stations, Kelly Clarkson Show will take over the time slot of Ellen DeGeneres' long-running show, which will end this year after 19 years on the air. I mean, she's also a judge on The Voice or a coach on The Voice, too. Like, and, 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 a free, and, a, and, a, and a frequent host of the Billboard Music Awards. Absolutely. And guest on the Pop Shop podcast, for that matter. That's right. Can't, can't forget <laughs> uh, that. Uh, so we assume that Kelly will continue to balance her recording career and, you know, talk show duties as she's done over the past few years. And she's been able to capitalize on the daily TV exposure and use that to promote her music at the same time. I mean... We have to talk about Kelly Oki. When you talk about the Kelly Clarkson show, you have to talk about Kelly Oki. She hasn't been. Kelly has not been on tour since 2019, but we've seen her do daily covers on her show. Thanks to her popular Kelly Oki series where she covers popular songs and she truly proves that she can sing absolutely anything. I have yes, to Keith? say, I have to say, and we didn't put this in the notes, but I just sort of strung it all together. And I realize it's a really sort of pedestrian thought, but if you are Kelly Clarkson and you are hosting your own talk show and you're a judge on or a coach, sorry, a coach on The Voice, and you also are still putting out music, you don't actually necessarily have to tour because and you may never have to tour for a very long time because unless you really want to so look, she's a busy mom of two um, or, uh, and she now is on TV in multiple vehicles and she's probably in theory making as much money from her talk show and the voice as she might be from touring though maybe you'd make a lot more money from touring but I mean if you're this busy as a mom and balancing all of your other sort of TV stuff this might be the perfect setup to actually bring you to more homes and and in front of more people because you're in front of them on The Voice and on your own talk show each day. A hundred percent. And I feel like we talk a lot when we've been speaking recently about Las Vegas residencies, how much they make sense for like moms or parents in general. And this is like it's like she has a television residency. Yeah. Like she's performing almost daily on your television screen. And I will tell you, like we hear a billboard. We 
almost daily cover these Kellyoki covers too because they're first of all people are voracious about them like they they go viral often and she picks such a wide swath of songs because you know she is from Texas so she's got the country background we've obviously heard her dabble musically in country in the past duets with Jason Aldean and you know Reba McIntyre etc but she can cover a country song very well. She's got the rock belts of like, you know, an, a Wilson sister. So she can like pull out a rock song really easily. She we can obviously do R&B easily. She can do R&B. So soulful. I mean, yeah. when she came up on American Idol, one of her biggest um, covers that she did on Idol was You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. Very much the Aretha version of it, like very soulful. And obviously we know she can do pop because that's what she's been dominating in for, you know, the last two decades. So this woman, the the variety of covers is absolutely wild. She actually covered Mad World by Tears for Fears on Kelly Oki. And oh. we did an article about it in reference back to, you know, the uh, Adam Lambert of it all as well. You know, the Idol connection. So it's just it, she can do anything. And to your point, like she's doing it on our TV screens and she kind of has the perfect setup. It makes oh. sense. I wonder, um, you know, it's been a moment since she's released a new studio it's album. It's been a moment that, like this. Yeah, it's been a moment like these. Um, I mean, granted, she had the Christmas album last year. Yeah. But I wonder, would there be an appetite from the public for an album of covers from Kelly? Oh, that's interesting. Well, I was just going to, when you were saying it's been a minute since the, her last album, you know, you mentioned, we mentioned earlier the Piece by Piece being her last kind of hit. And that was a surprise how that how that one popped because it came out in the original album version and then she actually went back to American Idol I think it might have been the last season on Fox yes she went back and performed that song and a very emotional rendition of it um it it was about her now ex-husband or now estranged husband um, but it's a very like personal, emotional song. And she even cried while performing it. And I think she might have been pregnant with her second kid when she performed she it. So all of this, like to say she if she decides to put out new music, I wouldn't put it past her to have another moment like this. God damn. <laughs> but I wouldn't put it past her, especially. I mean, I'm not trying to get into her personal life, but she had a very high profile divorce is in the midst of a high profile divorce. Um, I imagine she's got some inspiration for some new music at the moment yeah. and, you know, some emotional confessional music that um, could could resonate just like piece by piece did um, a few years ago. Yeah. So basically, we would just like more Kelly in our lives. Would yeah. like another decade, another two decades. We want I, it all. I have to say, I went back and listened to our two interviews with Kelly on previous episodes in 2017 when she was our special guest on our Grammy preview episode where she shared uh, her experience at the, the first time she won a Grammy and she shared about how she had a cancer scare that yeah, same speaking day. Speaking of confessional. Yeah, we we didn't know anything about that. Nope. She it was something that completely, you know, um was not apparent to to the audience in any way. 
Right. Um, it's all. It was all fine. Like it turns out, it was just it was an, an accident where she was. She the the doctors basically like told her the next day like actually we mix, we mixed up the tests sorry and um, <laughs> go back and listen it's 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 hilarious yes. in air quotes and uh. then she was back on in 2018 when she uh, hosted the Billboard Music Awards for the first time and she was our guest uh, to tap the Billboard Music Awards but from both interviews uh, we had such a good time with her and she was so fun and so nice and so engaging so down to earth and you always feel like whenever you are seeing her talk to anyone or even if we're getting the great pleasure of getting to speak with her you feel like you're just talking to a regular human being who is just very no nonsense and just sort of cuts through the bs and um i think that is obviously one of the reasons why we got to know her and love her 20 years ago on american idol why she won idol and why you know she's been so successful for 20 years in so many different uh, avenues because of Obviously, she has an amazing voice and she's an amazing artist. But at the same time, she's also just a person that a lot of people can identify with and and want to kind of get to know in some capacity. Absolutely. Um, All right. Well, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. And it's quiz Katie time. Oh, okay. It's easy. It's an easy one. (laughs) Katie, which contestant from American Idol has the most number one albums on the Billboard 200 chart? And I'm not even going to give you a list of options. Just guess. Okay. I mean, my first guess. And it's you're saying contestants. That's giving me everybody. Well, okay. Um, Okay. Anyone that was like a finalist, because I don't know if like. You know, okay. Beyonce was like a rogue contestant <laughs> no. that didn't make it onto the show. I don't think we're missing anybody with just saying American Idol contestant. Um, my first guess is going to be Carrie Underwood. And I will tell you, you are correct. Okay, first guess. Okay, I, I will actually quickly run through all of the Idol contestants, or at least finalists that we saw that have a number one. Mm-hmm. So Carrie has four. Kelly has three. Chris Daughtry's namesake band, Daughtry, has two number ones. And then there are one number one album apiece for Clay Aiken, Ruben Studdard, Scotty McCreary, and Adam Lambert. That's, so, that's, that's pretty good. And, you know, Simon incredible. Cowell told Carrie in, like, I don't know if it was in her audition or in one of her performances. It is, when, her, it is, when, it is when Carrie sang alone by heart on the show he said you are going to be the best selling artist who's ever been on american idol and i don't know about selling like i don't know if i would assume that four number one albums it's probably a good bet that she's the best selling one but simon called it anyway there you have it a little quiz katie to celebrate 20 years of american idol all right we've reached the end of our big shoe um should we go out on another duet as we did last week i'm kidding oh ha <laughs> I, I, Keith, let me tell you, there used to be a time when I had like an encyclopedic knowledge of American Idol. Like I knew every, I could have named the top three from like every season for like the first 12 seasons, probably. Ooh, wow. I don't okay. know if that's still somewhere in my brain, but maybe we should go out on another Idol song since we're having a little Idol celebration. Well, I think you are way more versed in Idol <laughs> than I am. So <sighs> I'll let you pick. Okay. Um, Oh, gosh. Now I'm just blanking on what we should do. Um, You know what? Let's do. I'm going to go off the beaten path and choose Philip Phillips home as my choice. Solid choice. (laughs) We'll see you guys next time. Bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.